Okay, you guys, here we go. She Runs Ultras episode number 18. And this week, I want to talk about limiting beliefs. I made a post about this the other day. And this whole idea, this whole concept has kind of like taken off. And I've been discussing it. And a lot of people have been sharing their thoughts and limiting beliefs. And it's kind of turned into like a whole other animal, this whole other thing. And I think it's such an important concept and topic that I want to break it down here for you guys. So first and foremost, I want to just talk about what limiting beliefs are. And because you might be listening to this and thinking like, I I have no idea what she's talking about. So I would define a limiting belief as a thought or something that you think on a fairly regular basis that's kind of holding you back from whatever your goal might be. And I'll kind of get into some examples here in a little bit, but just kind of think back, you know, on your thoughts from the last day or week or month, maybe you can actually identify some of these things that you've been thinking consistently. And you might actually not even think that these thoughts are limiting beliefs. You might just, you might name them negative thoughts or negative self-talk, or you might just think, this is how I think. (laughs) These are the thoughts that come up for me on a regular and consistent basis. So you might not even recognize that there's any sort of abnormality about them. And real quick, like, I don't want to put out this idea that everything is just rainbows and unicorns inside my head or anybody else's head all the time. We're always going to have ups and downs. But the point of this conversation is to identify these things, these limiting beliefs, and actually kind of flip the script on them and turn them into something useful. And that's ultimately what I'm going to do here today is kind of give you a step-by-step process that you can go through to analyze those thoughts and turn them into production action steps, okay? But first, let's just kind of rehash this idea of positive self-talk versus negative self-talk and limiting beliefs. So when it comes to running ultras, one of the biggest things is having a big scary goal like the one that I've shared with you guys and not knowing if you can get there, not knowing if you can do it. So there's all sorts of mental spaces, pitfalls, you know, however you want to think about it that can kind of hold you back or trip you up, right? If you're going from where you are now to where you want to go and it's a big leap, it's something like it's a big goal, it's a big jump from where you have been, it can feel insurmountable. It can kind of feel like you don't know what you're doing or that you're not capable. And these are just some of the thoughts that might start to creep in as you progress down the line. And actually, some of these thoughts are the ones that will keep you from setting those big goals to begin with. Because a lot of times what happens is we reflect on what we've done in the past and we use that as an indicator of what we're capable of in the future. And I don't believe that. I think that you're capable of whatever you put your mind to. And sure, you've done some stuff in the past and that has helped you to get to where you are now, but it's not 100% an indicator of what you're capable of in the future. And so really being able to kind of harness your mind and move those thoughts from what I would call unproductive to productive is going to be a real game changer. 
ultras are hard, right? I think we, most of us know that whether you've done an ultra before or you're training to do an ultra, you're starting to encounter some of these difficulties. I actually got an email, uh, I'm kind of trading training peaks messages with a client of mine right now. And he wrote me, he always does a really great job of like downloading me on how he's doing his general physical state, the aches and pains, and then his mood as well. And his last message to me was, I'm just in a mood and you can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes, just in a mood. And I can really identify with that. Training for ultras is hard and there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs and managing your mind is one of the biggest and most important things that you can do in order to get yourself across the line successfully. And it's also one of the best and most important things you can do for when you're actually in the race. Was having a conversation in the Run Farther Faster Stronger group the other day about limiting beliefs. And actually, this is where this whole topic or concept came up. And I'll tell you the story in a second about how we got to this podcast and this topic. But we were talking about limiting beliefs and somebody in the group brought up that one of their limiting beliefs was that they were afraid that they were going to get into their race. I think um, it's a 50 miler that this person is going to do and that they were worried that their, that their mind would just shut off, that they wouldn't be able to push through. And so it's, I got really excited when they brought this up because that's the exact reason that you want to start to do this work now, trying to kind of harness or wrangle your mind in a way that will help you be productive and move through some of these challenges or obstacles or like mental blocks that come up. You don't want that the first time that you do that to be in the race, right? I've talked about this before, but I've watched people talk themselves out of a race when they were doing just fine. And the only reason that it happened was because they couldn't flip the switch. They couldn't change their mindset. They couldn't reframe those thoughts to be productive or to really give them an honest assessment of how they were doing. They just got into this spiral and then they couldn't get themselves out of it. So this whole concept of limiting beliefs came up because another member, a different member of the Run Farther Faster Stronger group brought up this idea of not being able to finish day three of this three-day stage race that she's training for. And she actually had a conversation with her husband about it and they went back and forth. And ultimately the the outcome of that discussion was, well, what's the big deal if you don't finish, right? Why is that the thing that's holding you back? Why are you hung up on that? And so what we did when we went through this kind of conversation, she and I in our Slack channel back and forth, we kind of listed out all of the things that were kind of her limiting beliefs. And actually, I'll share a couple of them here so that you can get a sense for kind of the mindset of other ultra runners, because I think that's really important. Okay, so some of her reasons for potentially not being able to finish this race are that she thinks she's not fast enough overall. If she goes too hard the first two days and then is too tired to go fast enough on the third. So again, like just this idea of pace or speed. 
Um, another reason is that she's tired from not sleeping well because she won't be able to, you know, go home and have access to her bed, her normal routine, plus getting up early and packing up and being ready for a 7 a.m. start each day. Um, she's also worried about her body being too achy, you know, just from the first two days. So what if she's not able to really recover in time for the third day? What if she doesn't hydrate or eat enough or pack correctly? What if she doesn't feel like eating the stuff that she's packed on the third day and doesn't have other options? So you can kind of see where her limiting beliefs are centered, right? It's all about, realistically, it's the logistics. A lot of it is logistics and the unknown of what she's going into. So I got people that sometimes think I'm crazy because I get excited about these conversations, but this is the stuff that I think really moves people forward. So she and I went back and um, back and forth a couple times. And ultimately what happened was I took her through this process that I've been doing for myself for a while now. And it's really helped me progress my own running. And it's realistically what's helped me get across the finish line of basically all of my races, which is to then turn that list of fears and worries and stressors and things that you're obsessing over and turn that list into a useful, productive punch list or to-do list. So one of the things that I want you to start to think about is taking an inventory of those thoughts. So if you have a lot of thoughts every single day, consider making a daily list, or maybe you just notice things coming up every week, like randomly, sporadically. So keep a list for the whole week. Or maybe it's, you know, a little bit more rare and maybe you only have them once or twice a month or whatever. At any rate, whatever the frequency is, make a list, keep it close, whether it's on your phone or you wrote it down somewhere, keep that list close. And then when you're ready, I want you to sit down and have a good look at the list. Now, I will freely admit (laughs) that sitting down and looking at a list of limiting beliefs, negative thoughts, things that um, are maybe uncomfortable or, you know, stuff that you just don't want to face about yourself is hard. And the first couple of times I did this, it was not fun at all. But the more that you can do it, the more reps you can get in the easier it will become. And instead of thinking about it as kind of like a shit list, (laughs) right, of all the things that are negative, unwanted, and, and going on that you just, you really want to get rid of, think about it like you're analyzing data, right? We've talked about this idea of analyzing data a lot before, and I'm going to continue to hammer on you about it because it really is important. So you're going to take this list and you're going to look at it. And first thing you're going to do is identify any themes. So in that list of reasons that my client shared with me, you can kind of see that there are themes around pace. Um, There's a theme around recovery. There's a theme around kind of the gear and the logistics, food and hydration. Like you can kind of, you can pull out these elements of ultra running and stage racing in her case. And you can start to see where her mind is at. But all these things I would classify, they're not really limiting beliefs. They're kind of just worries about the unknown. And so rather than letting them kind of spiral and be unproductive, what you are going to do and what I instructed this person to do was now flip everything around and think about what you can actually do against that list of limiting beliefs or worries, right? And so what 
what ultimately ended up, she came out the other side and now she has this punch list, this, this list of to-dos and action steps that she can incorporate into her training plan. So what I want to do is kind of walk through this process with you and I'm actually going to use some of my own limiting beliefs around my big scary goal of running 100 miles in, a, in under 24 hours and walk you through the thoughts that I'm having and then the action steps, how I've switched them so that they are not worries or limiting beliefs anymore, they're action steps. When I first started to think about what my goal was going to be for this year, I had a lot of feelings, emotions, thoughts about really stepping up my goal. So I've run 100 miles before, I did it under the time allotment, and I couldn't, you know, given the the current climate of the world, the situation with the pandemic and travel and all this stuff, I couldn't really think about going to a further distance because I would have had to like travel and go to some other places. So originally when I set that goal, we were kind of in pandemic lockdown and I knew that I'd be able to, at the very least, make up my own 100 mile course and attempt to do it under 24 hours, right? So this is kind of where I'm just kind of giving you some insight into how I developed that goal. And then as part and parcel of that, once I set it, (laughs) once I announced that I was doing it and like created a whole podcast around it, that's when I had this flood of crazy beliefs and thoughts about what I had done. So it's kind of like an, oh shit, (laughs) what have I done type of thing, right? And so I very easily could have just let those thoughts <laughs> turn into uh, turn into something so big that it kept me from actually doing it. And I didn't want to do that, obviously, <laughs> right? So the only way to get past this is to go through it. Um, and so what I ended up doing, and this is a process I've been doing for for many years, but I was very resistant to it when it comes to this particular goal because it is such a big stretch. It really, I mean, I shared this with my, my group the other day. I, I legitimately have no idea if I can do this. <laughs> like I'm being 100% honest with you guys. I have no idea. And so... I feel like when we get to this place of, I truly don't know, the only way to keep moving forward is to go through this process, is to make the list of all of the thoughts and then flip them around. So here's a few of mine that I've kind of been working through, all right? First and foremost, I've told you guys this, I will say it until the day that I die, I'm not a fast runner. It's not so much that I'm not actually fast. It's that I don't enjoy speed. (laughs) I don't enjoy the effort it takes to run fast at a high threshold for a prolonged period of time. So I will say to myself, I'm not a fast runner, but the reality of the situation is I don't like going fast. It brings all of this uncomfortable physical sensation with it. So I don't really enjoy it. So therefore I equate, I don't like it with I'm not fast. That's neither here nor there right now. But the thought is I'm not a fast enough runner to make this mileage in this number of hours. Um, The other one is I don't think I can sustain a fast enough pace. So these two are pretty closely tied. The next one that I have pretty consistently is I'm worried that I'll like blow up or implode, right? Something Something will happen and I won't be able to finish. So that's pretty broad and generic, but that one happens a lot. I'm worried 
I'm worried that I'm a one hit wonder, right? Has anybody ever had this one? You did it once uh, and you, you can't ever do it again. I think that's pretty common, but nonetheless, it happens quite a bit. <clears throat> I'm worried that my body won't withstand the physical stress. Um, I know what it's like to run a hundred miles. Um, and so, you know, that, that is a constant fear or worry. And then another one of the big ones for me is what if my stomach goes sideways? I mean, I don't think that's unique to me. There's basically every ultra runner would tell you that uh, your stomach is a big factor in these races. So when I look at this list, some of them are worries. Some of them are legitimate, like legitimate things. And some of them are just really hypotheticals. Like I'm worried that I'll blow up and not be able to finish. Like that's just really ephemeral. Like It's not really tied to any one specific thing. I'm not specifically saying I'm worried that my knee or my ankle or my hip, I'm just worried that I'll blow up. (laughs) So you can kind of see how that's not very productive. So what I'm going to do is actually take this list right here with you now, and I'm going to turn it around and make it something useful. I'm going to show you how I turn these kind of unproductive, incessant, um, limiting beliefs and thoughts into something that I can use going forwards. And that's actually going to help boost my training and help me show up a hundred percent on race day. All right. So the first one was I'm not a fast enough runner. So I kind of explained to you how I feel about fast and it's more that I don't really enjoy the speed and the threshold work, but when it comes down to it, there's some value to this statement. And basically the way that I can flip it around is to do some calculations about pacing and timing so that I know how fast I actually need to go in order to hit this goal. So, you know, just do some basic calculations 100 miles, 24 hours, the number of minutes, right? And then you can figure out what's the slowest viable pace that will get me there in under the time limit. And then you have to factor in stuff like pit stops and aid stations and maybe changing clothes, you know? So how can how long can I afford to spend doing those things? And then factor that into my pace. And now that I know this number, now that I have some data to put against this limiting belief, this thought, this worry, it it really isn't a, a worry anymore because now I can take this and start implementing some tempo or some race pace efforts into my training. And that's what's going to help me move forward, right? This is a productive way through this thought. If I just sat here and worried incessantly and just cycled through, I'm not a fast runner, I'm not a fast runner, I'm not a fast runner, it literally, it it gets me nowhere, okay? So I can start to work on the components of my race day strategy in addition to my race pace or running efforts so that when I show up on race day, I know how fast I need to go. I know how long I'm going to stay in the aid stations. Maybe I have somebody there that's going to physically kick me out. Um, I can work on keep rem- keeping to remind myself that um, I-, I need to keep walking or moving forward. So eating and drinking while I'm moving rather than standing still. These are all things that I can work on that kind of take away or negate this idea that I'm not a fast enough runner. I don't have to be fast. What I need to be is efficient and strategic. 
Okay. So that's how I would deal with that one. And that's literally what I am doing for that one. Right. So I'm working on these race pace tempo efforts, working on my strategy, figuring out all of the components that will help me get to this goal. The next one was my body won't withstand the physical stress of kind of running that fast and that far. And the way that I get through this one is to keep reminding myself that now is the time that I should be working on this. Now during training is the time that I need to be putting myself under the most stress in order to kind of test my limits, find my weak points, understand my threshold. So in addition to my run workouts, I'm also incorporating strength training. You guys have seen me post about that. I'm doing walking and I'm riding my bike on the trainer. I'm doing lots of FRC, lots of functional range conditioning to ensure that my body goes into this as well conditioned and stressed. Like I've experienced a high level of stress in training so that I know what I'm capable of when it comes to race day. We've talked about this a lot before, but a good training plan isn't just show up and run four days a week or five days a week or whatever it is and just log the miles, right? Like I'm going to keep harping on that with you guys, because that is also really an important part of this whole ultra training process. It's not just running. It's all of the other things. Someone in the group called them auxiliary things. And I think that's an interesting way to think about it. But for me, they are my training plan. They are my training. They're not auxiliary. They're not complementary. They're not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're not optional, right? They're part of the plan. And when I don't do them, they show up as red unchecked boxes on my training peaks account. And you better bet I do not like (laughs) seeing those red boxes. I want to see all greens, green all the way. So my body won't be able to withstand the physical stress. That's pretty ephemeral. Like it's pretty loose. There's not a lot of parameters around that. But what I can do is take a good hard look at my training plan. And am I applying the right amount of stress? Not too much, not too little. Am I doing enough recovery? Am I working on all of the things that are going to help me show up on race day at 100%? So again, it's not just the running. Like you could run to your heart's content run all the workouts on your training plan and still show up in shitty condition and not be able to get across the finish line because you've got a cranky ankle and then your knee and then your hip and then your low back is bothering you. Like if these things come up as part of your training, don't just work through them. We have to figure them out. And so now is the time to work on increasing the level of physical stress that your body can endure for your next big goal. And so for me, that is enduring lots of physical stress over the course of a hundred miles. Okay. So the next one was, what if my stomach goes sideways? I'm a little out of order here, but I'm just kind of riffing off the top of my head. What if my stomach goes sideways? Well, this definitely falls into the category of unknowns, right? If you've ever had stomach issues on a run, there's a certain, there's a certain amount of stuff that you can do about it. And sometimes, you know, you just never know. It's, I say this phrase a lot, but it's a roll of the dice. You just never know. 
But there are certain things that I can do about it right now, right? I know that I can clean up my diet. I can start to put high quality fuel in there. I can practice with different kinds of foods and fluids during my training and my recovery so that I know what my body can tolerate and how much to put in at any one given time. Like these are things that I know that I can do. And I don't ever want to show up on race day not having done these things and just kind of winging it. Um, I know that like pre-pandemic, lots of ultra aid stations are like buffets, (laughs) like so many things. And a lot of it is not necessarily stuff that you've ever trained with, but you like outside of training, like Oh God, like Swedish fish. And I know everybody loves a good pickle on race day, but I can't quite stomach it. Like I'd rather do potato chips like those. That's what I work off of. And you just see these foods that you know you like outside of the context of training. And so you take them in and then it just has these net horrible effects, (laughs) stuff that things that you hadn't planned on eating. So the more that I can get into a habit and a routine and start to really learn what works, what doesn't, and incorporate it into my training, the percentage of possibility that my stomach will go sideways lessens, right? It diminishes. So I'm always trying to to test things in practice over the course of my training so that when I show up again on race day, I'm dialed in and ready to go. And you know what? If it does go sideways, I have a plan to deal with that too. I don't just fall victim to it and let it pull me out of the race. Like, what do I need? Do I just need more water? Can I walk while this is going on? Do I urgently need a bathroom? Like, these are things that happen. Do I have you know, medication, do I have like some Pepto or Imodium or whatever thing you know that you can take that might help to settle your stomach? Sometimes you just need bread, right? To, to calm your stomach down. Lots of times for me, it's because I haven't eaten enough. And so one of the things that I'm practicing this year is eating more and kind of like getting used to moving, walking, running with a, with a full stomach, not overly full, but a full stomach. Okay. So that's what if my stomach goes sideways, very loose, very, you know, not defined type of thing, but you can see how you can begin to list out the elements that you know, you could practice that kind of takes away that guessing. And then the last one that I kind of wanted to go over was, I'm worried that I'm a one-hit wonder. (laughs) I think this is pretty common. I don't necessarily hear it a lot from people. I'm not sure if they don't want to express it outwardly, but I know that I can't be the only one, (laughs) okay? And this isn't really a productive thought because in my mind, if I did it once, I can do it again. So this is almost worry for worry's sake. This is this is my brain looking for something to do and this thought is low-hanging fruit. So it's not productive and I'm working on just letting this one go altogether. But if I don't achieve this goal, what's the big deal? Right. And this is this is something that I had to work through a lot a couple years ago, especially because I tried 100 miles before I actually achieved it and I tapped out at 75 miles. So back then I had the goal of running 100 miles and I didn't make it. 
And when that whole scenario went down, that's when it really forced me to think about this in a bigger and and definitely a, a healthier context. So what if I don't make this goal? Well, realistically, nothing's going to happen, right? There's no money on the line unless you guys are betting on me behind my back and I don't know about it, <laughs> right? There's no money on the line. I'm not a I'm not a paid or a sponsored athlete. Realistically, nothing happens, right? The worst thing that happens is I'm sad, I'm upset. I have to come on here and tell you guys I didn't make it, but I've still done the work, right? It wasn't wasted time and effort. I did all of the training. I learned so much about my body and my stomach and my brain. And I've done things during this time that will set me up for success on a future attempt. And so worrying that I'm a one hit wonder, it's just, it's not useful. And I, I shouldn't let it get to my brain like this, this isn't, this just isn't a, a really productive thought. I, I don't really know what else to say about it other than I've worked through this already. So I'm not really sure why this one comes up, but I think for me, it's more focused on letting you guys down <laughs> than it is letting myself down because I'm aware of what is going to happen. I've actually played this scenario out and this is something that I would encourage you to do as well. If you find that you are really focused on, I have to achieve this goal, I have to hit it. If I don't, like there's no other option. Like if you don't even entertain the idea that you might not hit it, especially if it's your first attempt at something or it's your furthest attempt or you're trying to do it faster. Like anytime you take a big step up or level up on a goal like that, there is 100% the possibility that you won't make it. And so if you have that thought, and even if you don't, I would encourage you to go through this, this process of just playing it through. What are the possible scenarios, right? Like you don't make it. What's the emotion that you're going to feel? What are the actions you're going to take? What are the conversations that you're going to have with friends or family or your other running friends? Like, how is it going to go? Because the worst thing that you could do is close yourself off to that possibility and not be prepared for it and not have a plan for how you're going to react and then move forward. Because sometimes what happens is people don't do this. They don't think about that possibility. And then they are so defeated. They're so shut down. They're so sad. It's like it's like their identity or their ego took a hit that they just stop trying altogether. Maybe they just stop trying on running or ultras specifically, but sometimes I've seen people just shut down altogether because they never entertained the idea that they wouldn't be able to do it. And I'm not telling you to like obsess over the idea that you won't be able to do it, but be open to it and play it out and then use that as motivation to invest more time and energy into whatever you're going to do that will ensure that that outcome doesn't happen, right? So in a nutshell, 
right? Like there are tons more, like we could go through this all day, but I think that's like a good sampling of the different types of negative thoughts or limiting beliefs that you can have over the course of a day, a week, a month, whatever. So in a nutshell, what it comes down to is pay more attention to the thoughts that you're having. Don't just write them off as, oh, here comes that thought again, that I'm not fast or blah, blah, blah. Like pay attention to it, write it down, keep track, make a list, and then take a good hard look at it. Review it for themes like we talked about, like, is it all around gear or is it all around strategy or is it around training or like physical aches and pains that are coming up? Like, what are the categories? And then view it like a math problem or a strategy problem. Look at the data and then try to figure out how you would solve for X. How do you solve for the unknown? That's basically what this comes down to. How do you solve for the unknown? And then work your magic on it, just like I did here, and start to identify could just be one thing. It doesn't have to be the whole laundry list of things that I listed for each one of these things. It could just be one simple action, one simple step that you can take that will help you to start reframing this thought into something productive, right? I said it before, but the only way forward is through So you have to take these thoughts, aggregate them, look at them, and then find a way to move forward through them because otherwise they're just going to keep coming up and you're going to find yourself in this loop that you have the thought, you do nothing about it. It never goes anywhere or does anything and then it comes back around again and sometimes it can come around with a vengeance like it's worse the second third fourth tenth twentieth time and it might ultimately keep you from either showing up on race day or showing up fully trained 100% prepped ready to freaking go like ready to rock it okay now I don't want that for you I definitely don't want it for me and so that's why I'm talking about this that's why I want to share this process with you guys so I would love to hear what some of your limiting beliefs are. You can either, I'll link up the posts that I made about this on Instagram, but definitely you can DM me or comment on that post. You can also send me an email. And uh, if you're going to comment on it though, I want to know that you've gone through this process. Make the list and then tell me what the thing is, what the limiting belief or negative thought is, and then what are the action steps? What are the things that you're going to do to start to write the ship and put it back into the positive or productive category, okay? So don't don't worry for worry's sake. Let's do something productive with it. Okay, you guys, I hope that was helpful for you. You might have to listen to this over again. Get out your pen and paper. I would encourage you to do it right now and just start that brain dump. Make your list and then comment or share or send it to me in an email. And this is a topic that I'll probably revisit quite a bit because I don't just do this once. And I didn't mention that before. I do this a couple times over the course of my training cycle. I'll do it as many times as necessary in order to work through the stuff that comes up because I don't want to have it hanging over me, lingering, you know, like weighing me down. I want to just do the things I need to do and move forward consistently. I might, I might be in a mood. (laughs) I might be having one of those days, but I'm always going to strive for that relentless forward progress, right? Keep 
going, keep moving forwards and don't let these little things hang you up or trip you up or keep you from achieving your big scary goal for 2021. All right. So drop them at me, comments, emails, DMs. I want to know, let's hear it, share them, tag me at find your ultra on Instagram, and I will see you guys all very soon. Oh, and don't forget to enjoy this beat. Thank you.